I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And welcome to Terminal 7. Here we are, Nels. Episode 14. 14. 14 of them. We did it. I'm noticing that the other podcasts are a lot quicker at these than we are. Uh, I guess. In my humble opinion... It's all about quality. Oh, wow. Not quantity. Sure. You, you uh, heard it from Nels, guys. I'm still on your side. <laughs> every, every, everyone that hates this podcast. That's a, I mean, it's not that we wouldn't want to do more, but it's like, we need to have someone to talk about. I, I, I don't want to just have a cast to fill dead air. That's, that, right? that is true. That but is fortunately, true. we have what, someone to talk about. What happened, Nels? What, Three, four, 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 five, four or five, depending on the day. Days ago, we hosted not one, but two Netrunner tournaments. Yeah, that was a weekend chock It was full. 20 games, <laughs> and the absurd thing is I went home on Sunday night, I'm like, I can maybe get a game or two in an octagon. Yeah, I, I had to be like, no, no, <laughs> I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, I, I think a Brooke, uh, friend of ours, Brooke, who works at Clay, was like, after a long day of playing Netrunner with Nels and Jesse, I went home and played computer games. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, at the um, at the f- inaugural first, but apparently planned to be reoccurring uh, right. terminal city terminal city tabletop convention. No relation to us whatsoever. Nope. Um, yeah, we ran two netrunner tournaments. The event itself was just like a big board game and tabletop RPG. Yeah, it was festival re- it, it thing. Was re- it, was it was cool. Really, yeah, really good turnout. And there's a bar there the whole time. Yep. Which made my drafting less than amazing. Ow. Yeah, maybe a touch. Maybe a touch. <laughs> at the end, at the end there. At the end there, yeah. The drafting was fine. It was the, dra- the, it yeah. was the playing with the drafted cards that was maybe getting a little uh, spicy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Saturday was a draft tournament. Uh, it was still the cyber the original Cyber War draft, where it's basically just Corset plus some, but not everything from the Genesis cycle. Yep. And then Sunday was the normal standard draft. Yeah. Uh, but as for the... Not, not the... Standard st- tournament. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday was the normal standard tournament. Um, what did you think about the drafting? Um, drafting in a circle with people that are, are all familiar... F- sorry. That are all familiar with the cards is so much fun. It's it, it's just great. I was sitting right beside, I think, Paul, I believe. And Paul is like a card. It, we were just laughing about everything that happened. Uh, it was... Drafting to me is an, always a great experience. It's like... Uh, because you've you've done magic and I've done magic and, WoW? and I've done, yeah World of Warcraft, okay. uh, Warcraft, the Warcraft TCG, which yeah. was built by a bunch of guys from Wizards of the Coast. I think Blizzard hired like headhunted a bunch of people that worked on card games to make theirs, and oh, I think those sense. are the same guys that translated to Hearthstone. I'm pretty right. sure, yeah, 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 the same vibes. Yeah. But yes, I have done it before. It's always fun, um, and Net- Netrunner was no exception, especially because. Uh, the best part is everyone forgets what they what they've drafted. Yep, like always. Yep, <laughs> because it isn't a skill that players innately develop. Oh yeah, it's not like you make your deck, put down five cards, and play memory with yourself. Yes, <laughs> you just will never yeah. do that. And the rules of the draft are basically you you get a draft pack that has forty cards in it, and you create like little ten piles. Sorry, four piles of ten cards. Yep, and then everyone picks one of those, and then you're drafting out those ten. But once you pick something out of your 10 card hand pass it down and, and then pass it put it down and pass it along you can't look at the stuff you've put down even if you just forgot what you yeah, just put down <laughs> literally you're like how many ice have i picked up so far this round it was two right it was definitely two and then at the end you look and you're like oh actually zero that's funny <laughs> yeah but you it, could look in between each of the 10 pile yeah. like mini booster rounds or whatever but in the middle of it you don't and you're just like do i have enough money did i pick up enough econ cards i don't this, know is, i don't know is, is, this, is this demo run even worth it i'm pretty sure i didn't nerve i'm pretty sure i didn't nerve but you did, totally didn't yeah that's great and it was and uh it was 
it was a good time. Like I, I, I had a good time. Uh, the only thing I do miss is there's something very cathartic and awesome about cracking open a package of cards. Like instead of stacking them. Like oh the, sure the sure sure drafting sure. Of like and then it's all new and it's all weird. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know that drafting works better in those other games, but it, mm-hmm. was, it was cool to experience it in the Netrunner uh, world. Yeah. Sure. It was definitely interesting. Um, you, I mean, if, if people aren't familiar with the draft format, basically there are no restrictions on the faction of cards. So there's like an influ, inf, infinite influence limit. And there's an infinite card copy limit. Yes. So I actually <laughs> picked up five cyber feeders. Wow. That's, uh, uh, that's <laughs> our buddy Seth, who was on the cast on episode eight or nine. Uh, I think he said he accidentally picked up seven underworld contacts. contacts. Yeah, he had all yeah. the contacts. Yeah, he, I don't know if there's he, enough he, room he, on your neck for seven cyber feeders. Like, I don't know. Uh, you got to be a pretty long neck, he, I guess. He's, he's stacking them up. Yeah. Yeah, um, Seth, Seth drafted some, like, seven underground, which was funny. Um, yeah. I, I got another battering ram. I I did something very dumb. Is like, I, I haven't got a third core, core mm. and I drafted a sand sand grid instead of a hostile takeover, which was so dumb. <laughs> oh, are there only two hostile takeovers in the... No, no, no. You should have three of those, right? No, I should, but I only have two sand sand. Oh, I see. So, so you grabbed the sand sand, even though a hostile, hostile would have been way, way better in the draft. Oh, I got it. I got it. But I was it. just like, I'm just... This is just me just doing good cards. <laughs> <laughs> though, though the sand sand did win me a couple games, so... We'll see. There you go. Yeah. What, what, did your, what did your draft deck kind of look like? My draft deck kind of looked like I was going for some really stupid uh, Aesop's Pawn Shop Econ Train, which is the dumbest thing. On the runner side? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> On the runner side. <laughs> and uh, But my corp was great. I had two my, my, my big deal with corp is i drafted a janice drafted a heimdall drafted an archer uh two oversight ais mm. I drafted, and two precogs and an accelerated beta test yeah so i had i actually had the i had one one round when i brought out um a janice and a heimdall from an abt and trevor who whoa was, and, and trevor who i was playing with is just like you can't do that in constructed like, it, was, it, was just, <laughs> it was just perfect it was like this hilarious core moment like like back from the core set when everyone yeah. was just you know they're all netrunner babies and they're figuring out how to do stuff yeah. and need someone precogs and then scores an abt right it was that that moment happened again and the, the, the game was mine but yeah it was it was awesome my runner again my runner was weaker i i even drafted a corroder i'd a oh, I didn't even see a corroder. Yeah, because people steal it like crazy. Yeah, um, and I also heard a lot on the internet. In, sorry, a lot on the internet. They're like, uh, "Dude, you just get Opus and Crypsis and you'll win." But if the Crypsis is, if the Crypsi are under, like underneath everything, you're not right. You, you can't score them. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It was a. Uh, I it was it was great, and I would do it again. The thing is, the I think the pricing is a little bit weird. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, because I mean, almost by definition, it's a bunch of cards you already have. I mean, like like you as noted, you can fill out some of those one ofs in, yep. or if you, especially if you only have one core set, period. Oh, then I think draft is great because you you can fill out a ton of yeah, stuff. Yeah, which we had a perfect example. Uh, Trevor, who was there, he uh, only had a core. Yeah, and one I core set and one, what, what lies, lies ahead. ahead. Yeah, That's and that was that had. was all the cards he and had. He was period. Tur- and yeah, and he was coming to our tournament the yeah. next day. Yeah, and so he played in draft. He did really well. He's a really good. He's a strong player because he's familiar with all the cards. That's his strength. It's not the amount of numbers he has. He's yeah. just familiar with cards and. uh the draft round, he's like, basically every MBN thing I drafted went right into my core and what lies ahead deck. And what was awesome <laughs> is he's playing a core NBN with what lies ahead. So he can actually score restructured data pe- pool people. Oh, yeah. And no one's expecting that. Oh, yeah. Like, well, where's the four twos? Oh, he's just going to score a what? And then all of a sudden, he's like, no, that's three points. So sorry. I yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Drafting is good that way. But um, I saw that, uh, I believe... Anthony uh, Sneaky Sly of Stimhack makes their own draft cubes, which sound pretty fun. Like they mm. actually 
you need to organize a lot of it. Yeah. That sounds like a fun thing to draft, but huh. drafting in general, like, it was a great experience. At yeah. And no one out there had drafted yet, I believe. Yes. No, I don't think any of us have played Netrunner draft so it was, before. It was, it, was, it was fun. It's not a thing that I'm going to want to do like twice a month no, or no, no, whatever, so. but like occasionally it'd be cool. I'm definitely curious about the, um, the other draft set, which I think is like available basically right now. It yeah. wasn't available in time for us to get it set up for the tournament. Uh, Overdrive, which is... It includes some cards from the Lunar Cycle Ooh, that, aren't, cards. that aren't technically released in data packs oh, yet. Oh, wow. But I don't know if it's just if it's exclusively Corset plus Lunar Cycle or if it also has Genesis and Spin Cycle. I think it would. There's too many cards to... I don't know. Huh. I do yeah. I do really appreciate the change from Crypsis to... Um, Overmind. Overmind. That's, yes. That's yeah. awesome because Crypsis is like so strong. If, if, in the if, draft, Crypsis is nuts. If anyone is like, Crypsis, what's the big deal? Go play it in draft and yeah. you're going to be like, this is amazing. Yeah. All I need is money and I win, yep. right? Like, I yep. can get through anything. Yeah, so. and, and and Opus is worth its weight in gold, but even an Armitage plus Crypsis basically means the next three or four runs you make are going to work. Yeah. Period. Because it, it's just Corset and Genesis, right? So there's no Swordsman. There's no wraparound. Like, yeah. That's all you got, yeah. and you are scraping for money. Yeah, that's right. E- econ is huge. I that was the thing I found for sure, like on both sides, but especially on the corp side, is that you are going to be hard up for cash a lot of the time. Yeah, because the runner is doing his job. You're as nice, and you're spending money. Yeah. Um. The uh. So with your with your your decks, what like what did you end up drafting? Any anything cool? Corp side. Um. It seemed like, and maybe it was just it happened to be the weird draft packs that we got. It seemed like there was a lot of both tagging ice and tag punishment. Oh, wow. Um, so that's just kind of what I grabbed. I think the first thing I saw was a dedicated response team. So I grabbed that and then just like a couple hunters that went by or whatever. And I'm like, okay, it seems like there's enough here that it might be viable. So I ended up picking up three dedicated response teams. The only Scorched Earth that I saw... In the draft, anyway. I saw some other ones <laughs> yeah. played upon me. Yeah, that's... That, that's uh, but the only one I saw in the draft, I snagged that. And then, like, two Hunters, two Data Ravens, so uh, and uh, maybe even an Ichi or something. Just enough. Wow. Ta- and uh, Oh, yeah, and, like, a Bernice and a Chilo City Grid, just, like, Freelancer. Um, because, in like, normally, Freelancer is like, oh, I don't know, because you usually have enough money that paying two credits to blow a thing up isn't really a big deal. But in draft, almost all... All unless you happen to play one of like the three runners that got lucky enough to pick up a magnum opus. Yep. Everybody else is relying extremely heavily on resources yeah. for economy. Power card. As so long as you get the tag on. For yeah. Sure. If you can get somebody tagged, freelancer is is crushing. Yeah. I um, actually didn't even see a single scorch because Jamie Chang, the guy who took the draft, I believe, did he take it or did he was he and I tied for second. Yes, you and him tied for second. Yep. Uh, he snagged them all and fed me one right in the face after I. I, I, I just, I, since I didn't see it, I was like, okay, maybe someone else has them. Maybe yeah. there's someone else, somewhere else. And I, I was at five points on turn one, I think. And I was <laughs> oh, like, well, let's just keep doing this. And then it's like, Scorched Earth. I'm like, ah, uh, crummy. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the other thing is that the draft plays to six points instead of seven. Yeah. So especially on the corpse side, you have to be very mindful. And you, the only agenda is you get, you get like your little starter kit thing. And that's basically... Five Pyrex, uh, yeah, and, ugly, and ugly. two pad campaigns. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the Pyrex are like the worst thing you want in the deck. Oh yeah, because I've like let's see, I Pyrexed a uh, Wall of Static when I scored one. Like, there's, like, <laughs> there's not a lot of targets. The, the timing isn't going to be there. Yeah, and yeah. So and as soon as someone picks up one of them, you're halfway to the end. Yeah, and they get they pick up one more, and that's it. Yeah. Um, however, so if if uh, a, a word of advice, if people are indeed playing in the draft, 
take note of how many points worth of agendas you've drafted because right. I drafted <laughs> 10 points worth of agendas. But Which isn't good. <laughs> yes, because the deck size limit for you need to have at least 30 cards. And the agenda points the corporation needs for a 30 to 34 card deck is 14 or 15 points. So I had 10 points of agendas, and no matter what I did, I had to put in two priority requisitions to keep my deck legal, yeah. which sucked. But this is this is your first draft ever, oh, yeah. of drafting ever. Oh, yeah. And so like, what was your experience of it? Like, it was fun. It yeah. was great. Yeah, was it was definitely like... I mean, this is kind of what everyone has said about it, but you just get past a mitt full of hot garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. just kind of have to make it work, yeah. and which I, is cool. And, and I found that the uh, the cards, like, Sensei was, like, a game winner for me in yeah. a lot of ways because uh, a lot of cards that just don't, you're just not used to playing them and no one plays them. So when yeah. they get res, they just uh, either ignore them or run through them or just let, the, let subroutines fire or mm -hmm. something like that. And lo and behold, you got an extra end the run on that archer or something. Yeah. And it's... Uh, yeah, so and when money is as tight as it is in draft, one credit can make all the difference. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, I guess attributed to the people who created the game, but there's so many games that were down to one credit or one click, or yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah. I was, even, even in this weird garbagey draft deck, yeah. it was still <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was definitely cool seeing some cards that you like that are not bad, but it's just, it's hard to get behind them when there's other stuff that's like more sure. obviously synergistic or whatever. Because deck space is more important. Yeah. It is, is, is the big resource when right. you're playing that runner. Exactly. That we, um, we've all found. But what I went, what I just, early I was like, uh, on the runner side, I was like, okay, well, oh, Gordian Blade went by, that's a nice break or whatever. But then I saw a Darwin, a Surge, and all those cyber feeders start to, <laughs> start to show up. And I'm like, okay... Maybe this would be all right. So I picked up two Darwins, two Cyberfeeders. No, sorry, the five Cyberfeeders. I think I only ended up putting in four, but it was still a lot. Two Surges and two Personal Touches and an Ice Carver. And I was just like, the only Icebreakers I had in my entire runner draft deck were those two Darwins and one Crypsis just in case. <laughs> that was it. Wow. And it was actually fine. Yeah, that's cool. Like, the only time when it really got crazy was someone... Uh, had a Hadrian's protecting something. Sure. Yeah, and they and they purged. I'm like, oh crap! But I was able to. Yeah, got the one virus counter, surged it, had a personal touch on it, and then I also had. A, I also picked up the one helpful AI that I saw went by. All right. So I was able to basically just clobber together enough crap to get that Darwin back up to seven strength and in go. one turn. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it I was, got, I it was got, pretty delectable. I got double surged in the tourney. I I, I got double surged as Darwin. Nice. Which I was like, wow, that's crazy. That was yeah. like the down to the one run and i gotta thank ryan me and him talked through the whole the whole thing after because technically he would have ended the run basically what ended up what ended up happening is he let sensei fire and uh then he hit an archer and he had i pumped the, i corporate troubleshot it up to 11 no strength 10 he had 11 dollars left he put 11 into crypsis 10 into crypsis and broke the end of the run i'm like i guess you score but technically what ended up happening is he can only break one of those subroutines right and because sensei it had two on it Exactly, yeah. and so he can only stop one. Maybe stop me from gaining two. Maybe trash one program, but I could have. It would have been a shutdown. So he actually gave me the win, and he ended up in third anyway. So yeah. <laughs> like the guy's like a great player, yeah. great guy. So thank you very much, Ryan. And he kept. He won three door prizes a day. The guy's like yeah. And another, yeah, another thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess he was like sleight of handing the the bloody lottery pot with just his own tickets or something. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was a good play. Yeah, and um, our buddy Travis, who normally lives down in Oregon, 
but was up in Seattle like visiting family. He came off the tournament and he ended up taking the draft oh, completely, yeah. which That's was right. awesome. That's right. With like a couple very very close games. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really fun. Yeah, he's he's a very good player. He came yeah. to our other tournament in uh at your place. Yeah, he? back yeah. in what was it? March maybe? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I think it was March. Yeah, so a it, was while great, ago. it was great to see him again. Yeah. And um yeah, very, very cool. It so was fun. then we had a regular tournament that on we had Sunday. A, on Sunday we didn't have a like well, our tournament was stronger, right? It was 18, 16, 16, 16 people. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, it was. It was also very fun. It was. It was definitely. It was the first tournament that I suspect any of us have played since Honor and Profit came out. That's right. So we got to see a lot of the Honor and Profit cards. Yeah. So what was the corporation spread? Because we had the little pie chart set up. We did, and this um, is surprising as hell to me. Anyway. Yeah, it was. Oh, primarily it was NBN and Jinteki. I think it was five NBN, five Jinteki, four way no five Wayland, yep. and one HB. One lone HB. Our friend Ryan Clark. Yep, rocked HB. <laughs> um, among, uh, all the NBNs were all making news. Um, everything else was a pretty decent spread. Yeah. Uh, I was running Harmony MedTech, which was cool. Um, discovered those. It's it's the the new Jinteki ID that the game is over once you get to six points. Right. Either either player gets yeah, the six points. Either player, <laughs> which is mostly good. It means you can run uh, six three point agendas, and that's it in a forty four card deck. So it's like the number like on more than one occasion, someone hit me with an indexing, and just like kind of whipped at all five cards. I was like, just sort of put them back. Just Same order. Even, yeah. yeah, just like <laughs> well, sure, okay, there you go. Um, however. <laughs> Sometimes it also doesn't work out that way. <laughs> so I got a starting hand that had... Oh, I love this story. Because I mean, the agenda spread is three future perfects, because the future perfect is amazing. Yep. And then three prior acts, because it's either that or executive retreat. And there's some like there's some pretty big ice in there, like Tollbooth and sure. Susano no Makoto and stuff. So it's like, okay, well, if you can get one of those for free at one point during the game... It's, that's be- not, it's that's better a, than shuffling your hand. It's better than yep. shuffling your whole hand. Um, so I uh, got my hand. It had one piece of ice in it and a prior act. And obviously, if someone gets lucky and takes that prior rack, there's no, like, side game. Like, there's no. a future perfect, right? So it's like, okay, well, I should probably keep this because it would suck to get something worse. I put the one ice in front of HQ. Uh, first turn, the dude's playing Kit. He runs indexing. And I go, and he does the thing. Okay, he rolls back, grabs a card. Prior rack. I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> rolls back, grabs a card. Future perfect. I'm like, well, this is going to have to be a really important side game then. <laughs> And we uh, we put our credits out, open up my hand, I got one, he opens up his hand, he's got one, and, that's the, and game. the game was over. The game's over, turn, <laughs> In, turn two. Yeah. Uh, turn one, yeah, turn, it was his first, his first turn, turn yeah. it was the third click of his first turn. <laughs> uh, game is done in about three minutes. <laughs> it was, I mean like, it's just one of those things where it's like, Sometimes the odds just take a giant dump on your head. Sure. Where it's like in your fir- in my first one, I got my mana draw was six. Yeah, in the first eight cards, half of my agenda points were in the first eight cards. Yeah, that's not normally. That, and that it's just like, play. well, sometimes there's nothing you can do. I guess I did realize that I only, I was only packing two Yaguras. I definitely want to bring it up to three sure. in Harmony yeah. deck yeah. because that like early on, because like if if someone snipes a Pryrek late game between being able to force someone into a shiq and stuff like that you can do fine late game but like that in a single turn for instance two of your agendas go away and the game's over yep 
Yagura can totally save that, right? Because it's impossibly cheap to raise. It's one bloody credit. And then if the card you look at is Priorek, you put it at the bottom. You just put it at the bottom. Yeah, and you, it's and, you, and it's, it's basically gone for the rest of the game. Yeah, I, like, unless you do something that makes you shuffle your, your R&D, that, it's never coming back. Yeah. And that's, like, a huge weight off your shoulder. And Yagura also enters this thing of, like, you look at the card, you're like, oh, good. And you put it back. And the runner doesn't even know what you did. Yeah. It could be the Priorek, because you just want to score hard. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a yeah. cool card. So they might just jack out at that point. Yeah. Um, but, hey, you got... Sure, you lost in three minutes, but you and you're, you showed really well at the tournament. In general, yes. Um, on the other side, I was running Wizard, which was great. Uh, pri- I was going back and forth between Reyna and Wizard. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I'm really, I'm really very tired of paying five credits For to trash the goddamn Sansa. That's right. That's grid. right. And just like the freedom of with Wizard, whenever you see an Adonis campaign or a it's, Jackson Howard, it's and gone. You, and you never have to think about is this worth my money right now? Yeah is amazing it's yeah. amazing so yeah i did that uh it was great i did not lose a single runner game Boom, that day that. it was Holy pretty God. good um except that meant that my weaker side wins was corporate that's right so at the end <laughs> you me and one other person our buddy james lance who has uh, been on the cast he's been on the cast before as well episode 11 12 i think it was 12 um we all tied for first yeah. But I had the poor showing on weak side wins. Yeah. So now I'm coming to just down to you guys. And hilariously enough, you both had the exact same strength of schedule. Yeah. So what we should have done is played another winner- game, but we were all too blown out. And I don't like playing James anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, James. <laughs> yes. So it's I, like- I, I, I love playing James. I'm just kidding. But yes. it was it was hilarious because a lot of stuff goes in with the strength of schedule of yeah. weaker side wins and whatever. And me and James, we fought the same op- opponents. And I guess he got. I blew out one of his opponent. I blew out an opponent that maybe scored a win on him, and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. He blew out an opponent that scored a win on me. So that was it. Was hilariously super, super equal. Yeah, so, it was. Yeah. It was. It was pretty good. It was very tight. What were What were you packing? I was packing. Um, I saw this great deck. I fell in love with. It was a Irish regional winner, I believe. Um, it was basically a Wayland with no scorch. Three, um. Of I think my favorite. Oh, on- there's no scorch in there at all. No. Oh, so everyone. But and, and if people aren't people aren't dumb. Let, let me make this straight. People aren't dumb for playing Plaskreets when you're playing opposed to Wayland. Oh yeah, because Wayland can just blow you up. Oh yeah, but if you aren't blowing them up and you're just you got you're flexing the money muscles and you're just stopping the runs and scoring agendas, they're spending a click and three bucks to put down, like to waste a turn. Oh yeah, and I I played against a guy who dropped two plascretes and then said, "Okay, good, I can finally start scoring." Yeah. Um. The the my Wayland deck it was well, it's not mine. It was the Irish one, but it, yeah. I really really liked it. Uh, I I actually looked for the guy's name, but I couldn't see it on the Stim Hack site. But yeah. it was uh basically I called it just Archer Zuma because that was the whole point of it. It was Inazumas, three Inazumas, um, it's, I think it's three three Inazumas. Uh, what else did I have? Two Jacksons. I forgot the other splash, but. Primarily, Inazumas is, is, is the main thing. That's the big thing, yeah. And yeah, because Inazuma gets... Inazuma, I think, is my favorite piece of Jinteki Ice now. One of my favorite splashes now. It's like that <sighs> in your Katana. It is so good. I actually put it... I actually picked this deck out because I played against you at Starlet, and you trounced me so bad with Archerzuma out of your Jinteki deck. Yeah, and that was in Tenon. That was in Tenon. It wasn't yeah. even there. And I was just like, man, Inazuma's insane. So it... Oh, sorry. It has that and two Rotos. So the Roto Turrets can get Inazuma's... Yes, in zoom it as yeah. well. That's the thing I love. And two ashes that rounds it out. That's yes. what it was. Yeah, that's the thing I love about Inazuma is like Roto Turret's boss, but no, he doesn't mimic out. Yeah, yeah, as soon as they get a Sentry Breaker, it's like basically Roto Turret works once, right? 
um, which is the case with a lot of ice, except it's zero strength and has two subroutines. So it's yeah. kind of like it works once and then it's from then on. Um, it can be parasited instantly and everything else, right? But Inazuma kind of turns all that sentry ice back on. Yeah, and which like, is like Fenris, fantastic. Fenris even like it's it's like Chum and Whirlpool combined into a way better card. Yeah. it's it's great. I love I love yeah. it. And uh, yeah, I had a great time with uh, that deck. The runner I brought was um, a slight variant, not much, but of Nordrunner's Nordrunner, who is a great YouTube guy. If anyone likes to see a guy that plays the game very well plays a lot of it hit him up on youtube because he's amazing yeah um he played a uh prepaid voice chaos theory deck mm. um prepaid voice pad yeah sorry prepaid voice pad yeah. so you so Which you get that... one recurring for events yeah it's neutral hardware cost is two to install two, two right? to install two yeah. to install yeah and um running it in ct means you don't run any draw you don't run any draw you just run pro professional contacts instead mm, right and uh which I is kind of draw it it is it is and i took out one maker's eye and put in one woman of the red dress mm. instead of it and uh <laughs> man do i love that card it's holy so, cow it's, it's so good in attorney in attorney setting because it just like especially with i don't know if that deck has tinkering in it no, it doesn't have tinkering, but it's got two legwork, two makers. Yeah, so that's the nice thing is yeah. that like with woman in the red dress, as soon as they, as soon as you see an agenda and they pull it, legwork time. Yep, every and, time. And it was so, and it it the deck is so fun to play. It's good, awesome. Um, the like when you're just lucky finding for just straight nine. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing that's disgusting yeah. is that when you get all three of those prepaids up. Lucky find is two clicks for nine credits. Yeah, that's stim hack without the brain damage <laughs> and just one extra click. It's perfect. It's, yeah, and then also also your sure gambles get life again. I think. Oh yeah, and I was pretty comfortable with the deck, but I think after a few playthroughs, I don't think I levied as fast as I could have. Mm. Um, but yeah, because with the prepaids, the levy is also really cheap. That's like the big downside of it, right? It's like it's five bloody credits. Yeah, you're, but if you're it's actually just three or two, two or three for a whole uh, new deck and whatever. five cards, yeah, yeah. So I put that, and the only breakers it runs uh, ran a, a B ram, an imp, uh, fem, a fe- two fems, and a torch. That was hmm. uh, the loadout. One one of my craziest wins was against I, there was um Nixon and Dixon, I believe the the two twins so. from I I played one of them and they had. A mean Grendel deck. Yeah. And the only breakers I managed to get out, because um, my test runs were deep, were two fems. And I've I had like scavenges in my hand and stuff. And so I couldn't get through his insane remote because of bad pub what doesn't help you if you don't have the breakers. And yep. a grim and a fem just do not get along unless yes. you're so I actually last turn I scavenged my fem onto his R and D. which had been weak. Uh. And I makers into it. Draw first, power shutdown. Draw second, Grendel refinery yeah. third draw cleaners for the win and i was oh. like it was it was it was crazy there's a lot of moments a lot of the games we played when everyone was done everyone would glom around the last game and just yeah. like watch it and it was so cool because everybody's yeah. like oh man oh man what's oh gonna yeah happen? What's gonna it, was, happen? it was great and, and no one no one you know like gave up like get, was obvious to what's happening it was all just like passively watch and oh when yeah the, when the play is done everybody erupts it was, yeah, it was yeah, perfect yeah. it was very yeah. very cool very very cool yeah oh it was a lot of fun yeah, um it was good times yeah, and I think it was a good turnout. It was it was definitely interesting seeing a lot of the honor and profit stuff in play. Like, yeah, obviously Inazuma. I mean, Inazuma. Pe- people kind of knew it was rad. It was definitely rad. Did, did you play against a central only silhouette? No, I know that one of the one of the one of the twins. I think brought it. Mm-hmm. Je- no, Je- sorry, sorry, Jason Lamb, who came from Richmond. I played mm-hmm. him, and um, I played against his uh, tenon deck, which was I was. 
it was Chicago basically. It was the mm. Chicago ten in the deck that, that took it, mm. and I lost five side games in a row oh. on the <laughs> HQ win. I was livid. I was oh, so angry. No, I was always like I could always make one run, but I needed to blow her up, and then I had a legwork, and I knew they were all in his hand. Right, I knew they were. Yeah. He knew they were because he was all freaked out every time we side game, and I just. I wasn't doing the same number. I was mixing it up. Maybe that was part of my problem. Right. But I was like literally like furious because oh, I couldn't no. Caprice beat Caprice. Ah. So crummy, but you know, it was a, uh, that was the biggest upset I had is like, I, I should have won once. Odds are I should have won one side game, but sure. Yeah. After that, I wanted a card made that was just a picture of me, an Anarch card, a resource, and you trash it to say, win one fucking side game. That's, that's <laughs> all the card. That's the only card I wanted. That's the only card I wanted. And at that time. Yeah. A madman's prescience or something. Yeah. But, but, yeah, but after I saw that deck, um, he plays his runner, and I look at it, I'm like, okay, we're looking at Silhouette here, and I just, I click, I'm like, I know he's playing Chicago. Yeah. I know he's playing Chicago. So I'm like, okay, I think I got this game. I basically knew that right away because right. he can center runner all he wants. But I have power shutdowns, and I'm Wayland, and I got big money muscle, and you're yeah. not getting into my remote, obviously, because you're yeah. central only. But also, I think I can just lock you out. And I, I, I managed to basically do that. Yeah. So it's good. That's the thing, like, that the um the all centrals silhouette deck that uses quest complete and notoriety to basically leverage the fact that you can only hit centrals is interesting. But the thing that... Like, I, th- I threw something that was kind of like that together and played it just on Octagon for a bit. Um, and it's like, I mean, maybe you just have to play it enough to figure out when to be judicious about it. Sure. But the thing that I found is just like, if you don't have quest complete, they <sighs> can score behind a goddamn quandary. Yeah. And you're just like, well, nothing I can do. <laughs> let's, let's hope I get some agendas out of R&D instead. Yeah, I, I, I thought I'd enjoy the deck more because I played it a little bit, but I mm-hmm. thought I'd enjoy the deck more than I than I did. Yeah. It's like, this kind of isn't how I play the game, which is another, I think, tribute to how great the game is when you realize, like, I can't play a deck like that. Yeah. I know people yeah, can. And, and it's not that it's bad. Like, it won an 84-player, yeah. like, huge field. Yeah. Like, if, I mean, I, I, sure, I, it came out just, out just after Honor and Profit did. Sure. So it was, like, kind of surprising, but I don't think that that alone would not have carried it to the top at no, all. No, right? he's an amazing player. Yeah. So go go, go him. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't see a ton of new criminal stuff. Um, obviously... Legwork. People, legwork is... Oh, yeah. Legwork's great. Legwork's always there. Uh, people um, like security testing, which makes sense. Yep. So that, um, that's, that I think... Um, also, so the game that I lost five side games, I also <laughs> lost... Uh, I also ate three Shikus because... It's the card that hates me the most out of anything I've ever done in my entire life. Uh, I <laughs> Were they pumping it all the way to the point they where... They couldn't, it, but it was pumping it enough that I needed to take it or else I would have lost tools to even play A bunch my of really deck. good stuff. Yeah, a bunch of really good stuff. Yeah. So, um, And plus, I just get frustrated after seeing the second and third. I just say, just give me the damn card. And then... Right. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> sure, fine, card. whatever. Yeah. And uh, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at it. And so that deck was basically what your Tenant deck did to me, like verbatim. In really? a tournament setting, so I was just like, just uh. like so destroyed, but uh, that's okay because I like I didn't do too bad in the in the rest of the tourney. This, yeah. this is my one big, big blowout. Yeah. Also, I played a super mean uh, account siphon recursion noise deck, which is so powerful oh, if it lands one. noise because you do noise. You do noise. You do three deja vu's. You do three same olds, and you do three siphons. Yeah. And is if he's getting in, he's siphoning you. 
I don't know, 12 times. Right. Like, it's, oh. it's, 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 it's kind of ridiculous. And, um, yeah, I, then again, though, I played him. I got Sivan a whole crap ton of times, and it came down to one more score, one more turn. If I had one more turn, I would have won, mm. and vice mm. versa. So, right. So it's still close. Yeah, it was still close. But the thing is, like, getting siphoned is, like, just a miserable experience. It's not fun play. Yeah. It's not like, let's side game Nels. It's like, I'm taking all your money, and I'm sitting over here to this pile of money, and you're this destitute corporation. Yes. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing is that, like, it's more demoralizing than anything because obviously your credits fuel your ability to do anything, right? So it's yeah, like, and they got twice as many. Yeah, as you, did. you get you got kicked, but then also you can't do anything for like three more turns. Yeah, so it just it just completely hoovers away all your agency so much that it it stings bad. Yeah, I mean but, I don't th- I don't think the card is like broken, no, 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 bad or anything <laughs> it's, like it's that. It's just it's a good card. Yeah, Some yeah. people talk. I about mean, it. so the thing is, is that like. Account siphon is not the only reason to protect your HQ, right? And it's not Light the only work. Come on, yeah, and it's not the only reason to protect your HQ intelligently. Like that's a thing I think some people fall into the trap of. It's like if if someone if the runner makes a run on one of your one of your servers, especially one of your centrals, the right answer is not always just to immediately res the ice. No, right? Like often, especially criminal players will hit HQ to see what it is. Yeah, to probe it so to yep. know what they need to special order for or whatever. Um, and often I will just leave ice on HQ unresed until they try to drop something big, i.e. a legwork or a siphon or whatever. And then you're like, oh, no, no, now I'm going to res this guard. Yeah. They're like, oh, I put down corroder. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, what was the other, was any other criminals? I, I think I played against a Ken Tenma. Oh, once. really? How it, did, it was pretty similar to like, like the and, deck Andromeda yeah. or something. Yeah. So it was like, it was fine. Um, the <laughs> I like we didn't see any, any Ian Sterling show up. No, I don't. Th- no one was running Ian there, and only I only saw the one uh, central only silhouette. Yeah. deck. So I guess we, they didn't dive. Yeah. Too, there were there were there were more of the new Jinteki decks. Yeah, like I had Harmony, and then two other people um, had either Tenon, Tenon. or yeah, yeah, Tenon, both of them. Yeah. No one was running Nisei Division, and I think wasn't Jeff running, or maybe I was running. Maybe Jeff ran. Uh, personal evolution i don't know he he's the guy that he he won three games and they were all with ronin which i thought found was astounding nice I was yeah, like, yeah i remember you mentioned yeah, yeah that's ronin, awesome ronin wins that's yeah. like that's I mean, why ronin's he, great yeah. but that's that's pretty good yeah uh, yeah three in a row is pretty good i've actually never seen a ronin win a game really you know in like play with with mm. friends and stuff so i thought that was pretty great yeah i, 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 I think the thing that helps is Mushin no Shin. Yep. Now, yeah. because like I'm not gonna run on it because that could be a six June bug. And yeah, then, exactly. So okay. like when the things two up, people will sometimes run on it just in case. But if you can get three counters on Ronin without actually costing yourself any credits, yep. that's pretty boss. Yeah, yeah. And then you just leave it there, and people think, oh, it's it it's a June bug or it's an, a cerebral overrider that didn't work or whatever, and they just ignore it. And then that turn when they get down to two cards, you're just like click, click. <laughs> you just leave it Sorry. there. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, very very cool stuff. Yeah, Mushin, so Mushin Notion was definitely that's a thing that in in practice that was an application I hadn't necessarily thought of it was immediately. Through Ronin. Yeah, yeah it's through, but it's good because like you think okay, I'll put it on traps and if the trap doesn't work, I'll trick a light the stuff back off or whatever. But Ronin is kind of in a weird middle ground where it's like if you really need it to be, it can be a trick of light battery. But yep. also you just wait for them to get down to two cards and then click, and win boom. the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so. I guess it shows that uh, criminal cards were already good, so no one needed to die, dig too deep into Honor and Profit. And Jinteki needed that boost, and people love playing Jinteki, obviously, because we saw more Jinteki show up. Uh, 
So yeah, yeah. So we Jinteki got a lot of really fun things to play with, and we saw a lot of them in practice at the tournament. So. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely it was it was a it was the the feel was diverse and good. Um, I yeah, I had a pretty yeah. darn good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. I, I speaking of demoralizing, I had the uh, the most evil thing I've done as a corp. I'm not generally an evil player, <laughs> but I had blown up a lot of. Uh, the person I was playing their their programs, they right. power shutdowns and whatnot. A lot of explosions. I knew, I knew, I literally knew I could score this. I I, I scored my next agenda, even right. no matter what it was. So I actually used my Atlas token to grab a government contracts, and I held it in front of his face to show. And I just planted <laughs> you it have to because you have to. Yeah. And I just planted it straight down into a server, which is the biggest <laughs> no no. It's the biggest <laughs> never do that because then it's obvious. It's you right. There's no subterfuge anymore. Um, but I, I did it and it was like, I guess the day was long. I just needed to do something little, a little twist of the knife. Yeah. Uh, and then fine. of course I scored it. It would have been so perfect if he just stole it from me. Cause then yeah. it would have he pulled me some right. insane, like test run inside job move yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I did love, I, that, takeaways. I think I loved like in, in Azuma performed so well. I was even thinking of putting it in my brain damage deck and just leaving it there. Because oh. Inazuma-ing a Fenris, getting that extra mileage out of cards yeah. is just so powerful. Yeah. Or Inazuma plus good old Victor 1.0. Yeah. It's and like, it, I'll just click through it, and you're like, no, oh, you yeah. won't. It, 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 it's, uh, it's actually, it actually feels like trappy and fun and surprising. Oh, yeah. And with, with with no setup. With, well, some setup. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's three credits to res. And you got to get it in front of something strength good. code gate. Yeah, it's cool. It, it feels better than like sneaking out, sweating bullets, and hoping they run that server. Because yeah. it's game point. And if yeah. they don't, like, it feels better than a coin flip. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Track, so. For sure. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, very, very cool seeing that set in in play. Mm-hmm. Again, like, I, I, Quinn's did turn me on to the side game. I do like it, but I hate it when it's five losses yeah, Being on the receiving end of it, be, I think when I was playing in, in the last round, it was against Ryan Clark, and I think he was basically in your shoes where I dropped, uh, I dropped a Caprice Nisei on HQ, and I think he, like flubbed the side game like three or four times yeah it's the worst and then just gave up <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's so frustrating i just couldn't even i couldn't even fat like i i literally could do nothing and i had the win prepared i had all my stuff set up um i had i wasn't playing poorly i was just losing this best of uh one in three chance yeah five times in a row yeah when caprice dice cool but i guess the odds were not in my favor or yes. ryan's favor <laughs> at that point yeah yeah it was definitely fun um the the big thing, uh, I, I mean, obviously we we're going down to the Seattle regionals. Yeah, let's in let's hope like a two in like two weeks, June fourteenth. So I'm obviously not going to change things around that much for that. I probably won't take Harmony just because the times when it when it just R and D just gives it up when they <laughs> when it ha- like if you're playing a normal game to seven points, you generally only have two point agendas or whatever, or like maybe one future perfect in your deck or something. Even if the runner gets the most lucky index thing in the world, you probably will not lose the game as in fast as one you turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that, like, sometimes, even though it's unlikely you can just get owned by that, I don't think I have enough time to figure out the other card constellation I need to just minimize that situation, situation as much as possible. Right. So I probably won't take that. Um, I'll probably stick with Wizard, and then I'll go with a different Jinteki ID to go down there. But... Probably after that's done, I think the next point of focus will definitely be putting together an Ian Sterling thing cool. that's hefty. Yeah, actually, yeah, I still like his way of play a lot. I just got to figure out how to really make it how to make it sing. Right, right. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, so, yeah, again, tournament was really fun. Great turnout. A lot of people came up from Seattle, which yep. is awesome. We that love Seattle. People. Very awesome. We're, we're going to go back and repay that in That's a right, couple yeah. weeks. Yeah, that yeah. was a good, really good turnout. Uh, thanks again, Terminal City. Yes, for that was it. awesome. Yes, very, thanks very, very cool. much for make, giving setting us up with a sweet space Shannon. Yeah, Shannon. I, I forget his last name. Oh, uh, yeah. Me too. You made it happen, which is awesome. Yep. Um, and we'll probably be running another tournament again uh, probably in August, cool. I think. Yep. That will be obviously not part of a larger event, just kind of. Another our tournament, own, we our have. own thing. Yeah. But we get we, we get good turnouts there, and we even have people come up from Seattle for those ones too. The yeah, smaller yeah. ones. So, yeah. so obviously we'll make noise about it on the cast and on our Twitter feed and stuff. Yeah. when that happens. Um, you want to do some reader mail? Let's do it. Let's uh, do we, a little we, bit of reader mail. We have some people. Still we do. Use that? We right. do. Oh yeah, totally. Great. Um, one, uh, Boz from Melbourne, Australia, uh, said that I have a question about tracking credits, clicks, and other counters in regular and tournament play. For credits, I noticed a lot of people using D20s, other using multiple D6s, but not a lot using tokens. As far as clicks go, I've seen people flipping chits and beads as well to keep track of their turns. I was wondering what method you guys use for keeping track of these things during your games. What other methods have you seen that impressed you? Um, and then he notes, FYI, in some casual games, I've been using the combo of Team Covenant custom pieces as well as an iPhone app you probably know about called AN Tracker. AN Tracker seems cool, but I find it a bit clunky to use during gameplay. It's nice that it will keep a saved history of your games, but there is no way to get this info off the app to share with other people. Annoying. Um, yeah. I just use tokens. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually do. Um, I, I bought the... Covenant, the fancy, the fancy covenant, covenant ones, ones yes. which, which are great, but I lose so much shit. I don't know why I bought them. To yeah. be, to be hilariously, honest. yeah. After the draft on Saturday, when they when I guess the Terminal City people were cleaning up, they found a couple more of they found a couple of those to, of your tokens, and they put them in a little baggie that just had a, like a like a sticky note in it that said Netrunner question yeah. mark. And yeah. I'm like, Jesse, I'm pretty sure these are yours. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I I actually I the. One of the first tournaments I actually did, I won those acrylic. Uh, yes, yeah, that was the. I think it was the very. Was it a regional? I think I, it might have been the very, very first regional that we played at here in right, town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got these just nice as part of like regional top eight or whatever it was prizes. They're just like little acrylic click trackers. I use those. I generally will just flip them over, yep. like click one, flip a thing over. Uh, some people put them directly on what they're doing. Yeah, so it's this like server, that server. If you're drawing, you put one by like R and D or your stack or whatever. Yep. If you're, if you're, I think that's that's nice. If you're running like a really complicated turn, if you're just yeah. like draw, 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 you probably don't need to be like click, click, click or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, in general, I think anything that communicates as much as possible about what you're doing is good. Yeah, I follow. Uh, I watch a. a a purchase video i forget his actual name but his youtube channel but he uses pawns and some really sexy like actual metal uh credit counters oh whoa nice uh, that have, are, are in numerals of two and one huh I think. And fi maybe five i'm not too sure yeah. but yeah like very very cool setup the pawn setup is neat because the runner's like i'm here i'm i'm pointing to the hq is what i'm doing right now sorry <laughs> listeners um, not for so, radio <laughs> yeah not for radio and so the so it's basically like I'll, I'll run here i'll run here and i'll do this like moving the pawns is kind of cool um, yeah I, I i i guess if you're running kaisa you could literally put a pawn on a pawn oh wow oh. never even thought of that so definitely start running pawns here's where my pawns. knight is yeah <laughs> you put you like open a chest a t like a, a, a chest board. if i was running a lot of kaisas i might actually <laughs> oh my god that. That would be kind of rad. That would be rad. That would um, be really thematic. And we also noticed that people use uh, dice. And yes. so what's, what's your view on dice? I'm not super fond of it. Like, I find that often, especially people tend to use, like, those really little tiny dice that yeah, the I don't people use for, like, Warhammer 40,000 or something. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's just, like, a bunch of pips that are, like, way the hell across the other side of the table. They're really tiny. Like, it's really easy to forget, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to 
take two credits from Armitage. They have to remember you got to reach over to the Armitage, turn that die down, reach over to wherever your other main credit pool is, turn it up. It's like, is that really easier than just like literally taking two physical objects and then moving them to another point in space? Yeah, I. I, it's fine if someone does it i'm not gonna like just sit there and glower at them the whole game or whatever it's just like for me it's not my favorite thing and also i thought i thought i, I think uh, fantasy flight did a great job on their counters anyways yeah they're, they're fun to use actually everything like i play a lot of like ffg pops up in a lot of my gaming circles and like mm-hmm. the quality that they put into those things like it's pretty good it feels bad not to play with them yeah to, totally. be, <laughs> to be honest yeah but yeah uh i i haven't used a click tracker on my my phone software i don't need it's it, this is too much fiddly stuff to worry about yeah like, right now. i'm sure it's i'm sure it's useful for yeah. some people uh, yeah. it's just for me and i just, I, I, I like i like having part of the big thing i like about board and card games is the physicality yeah, of it the, right the like tactile yeah we make video games all day <laughs> so we need like, we need uh, yeah they're very intangible response. right like they're yeah. fundamentally things that don't exist really <laughs> yeah. right so like having tangible actual objects in the world that you can manipulate is like actually really satisfying like, that's a part a big part of the thing i like about netrunner where it's like when I make a run in your HQ, this isn't some abstract thing or like roll a die or whatever. It's like I reach into your hand yeah. and I pick out a card. Yeah, like that's awesome. That is like, that is still one of my favorite things about the whole game. Is yeah, that I, I, the physicality of your actions beautifully intersects with the theme of what those what those you know what those mechanics are supposed to represent. Yeah, it feels like your your, your imagination is getting this great boost. Yeah, of like oh, I can help out here, buddy. Like like yeah. Again, in working in digital games. You have to create this. You need to carry them with you, and yeah, with visuals and sound effects. And yeah, but here it's a like million other things. I'm I'm doing something very direct and and and, yeah. and primal. Yeah, you for, just you just leverage stuff in the real world. Like it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and so so I, I I do like counters. I like moving things. Uh, my Wayland ID has dents in it from the amount of times I've hammered counters in it. <laughs> like I good. <laughs> there's, I, I I think I, I think I think as game developers, like we do lack that outlet. Oh yeah. Of just fucking getting like brawly getting oh yeah yeah so yeah that physicality that's the thing i like so the last thing i want to do in a netrunner game is go to my phone and start hammering it yeah because i hammer or, it or turning over little tiny dice or yeah. whatever it's just like so yeah sorry it's, it's not, it's not our flavor yeah so we're a token guys yep. and the team covenant guys made some sexy ass yes that's true yeah they're not good in wayland games when you have 40 dollars <laughs> or whatever yeah. but they, they're it's a great package yeah it's cool yeah um thanks boss yes thank you very much for writing in we got one other bit of reader mail um, this was a little bit longer, but I'll try to blitz through it. All right. Hey, guys. Just wanted to email you to say I love the show. Keep up the great work. Oh, that's it. Hey, thank you. <laughs> there we go. And then, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I want to express uh, that I think it's great that there's rarely, if ever, a moment on the show where either of you talk about how good or bad a card is, uh, but instead about what the new p- new possibilities the cards offer to players. Um I actually think that's very important. Did we um, did we screw it up this episode? <laughs> no, I don't think we so. Don't. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, so, with much respect to that, I also have a story to share about my own experience today playing with quote unquote bad cards. Um, he was playing a local game. Um, he had made it a goal for the week to play with woman in the red dress. Aha, we uh, love her. Yeah. Um, so he was playing uh, actually Ken Tenma. Uh, against a huge Glacier Grendel deck, he hosted out John Masanori, found Woman in the Red Dress, and uh, Crash Space. Um, he says that he hit a point in the game where he was at a complete halt, staring down servers full of things like Grimm's, Hadrian's, Archers. Yeah, this a, sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, and being completely unable to get in the, into those remotes. Um, but he did manage to get through H- HQ at one point and installed a data link reversal. <laughs> 
At that point, <laughs> he says, I ended up pushing for a Hail Mary and started running into a Hadrian's wall, uh, rubbing my face in it to intentionally fail the run, and then using the tag from John Masanori to trash cards out of R&D, and then use Crash Space to get rid of the tag. Right. I eventually decked the corp for the first time ever <laughs> in my Netrunner career in a crazy final turn before the corp scored their last two points. It felt like madness to combine all these, quote, bad cards in a crazy combo, an awesome kind of madness. <laughs> so, thank you both for getting us to take another look at these so-called bad cards. Jonah McIntosh. Wow, that, that's that, that's yeah. cool. That's amazing. I I I I'm I am familiar with the engine of uh, run, eat John Masanori's tag, mill two, then pay off tag. I never thought that you'd crash space it. Yeah, that's that uh, that is that's smart. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, it's only it's only, you're only milling two a turn, but if things are getting really late, like. That's fine. Yeah, exactly that. And, and and again, like the the flavor always steps into this this uh, like the de, de, uh, describing games. Oh yeah. Like we have this guy, the runner, like the corporations, the fortress. He's just unattainable. So he just finds this other small window in to, yeah. to, to leak out information until the corporation like literally has nothing left. Yeah. It's, that's that's just amazing. Yeah, it's pretty boss. <laughs> I th- I think it's great. I mean, I think in general too, like. You can say whatever you want about cards being objective, objectively good or bad or better or whatever. I think that's not super interesting, right? Because the game, the dynamics of the game are so bloody complicated yeah. that just trying in isolation to say... No, it's like, yeah, you can't have them in a vacuum. Yeah, that, this thing is what, good, this thing is bad. It's like that's that's missing a lot of very important information, yeah, right? Like like the state of the game, like the state of the players. Like, yeah. is, he, is, he, is he tired? Is he, is, does he want to go for the, the risk? Yeah, like, are people comfortable being aggressive? Like that, yeah. like, that matters as much as anything, right? Like... If you're playing some crazy blitz rush deck where you take a lot of risk to get a bunch of points really fast, then that means one, you kind of have to be like psychologically comfortable with being yeah. really risky, having a lot of risky plays. You got to be able to gird your loins in that way. Yeah. But you that also means that if you want to be successful with that, you need to know how to recover when that doesn't go well, right? Yeah. And the cards that may allow you to recover from trying to do some crazy rush thing and it not working out might not be good in like more of a standard play type deck right um that it really is about those dynamics and about those synergies and not just about in isolation is this thing good is this thing bad yeah and and it's it, i i do love that there's people that do a lot of that because it's yeah it's, sure it's, it's interesting information it's, 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 inter- it's interesting insights but it, it's it's a portion of the picture and not the complete picture that's true yeah man. and and again woman in red dress man like, no, no, but no, no. I don't know why anyone would not say the woman in the red dress isn't awesome because she's goddamn awesome. And she's it, so good. And and you know the reason why people may say that is because they look at the card and they just see it, but they they're not they can't experience what that card does when they're playing it. Like when you're sitting with a yeah. woman in the red dressing someone, all of a sudden the game is is like okay, it's your turn. The ball's in your court. He's like, oh no, it's your turn. The ball's in your court, and we're looking at your deck now. Together, yeah. together, me and yeah. you. And <laughs> aren't, that, we, aren't we having a great time? Like, I guess I'll, I guess I'll draw it. I guess I have to draw it. They're like, yeah, you do have to draw it. Yeah. And then it's the it was we talked about it before when it was first released. Yeah. It, it is a very netrunner card. Yeah. There's there's often a lot of cards that you read the text and just because you're gain you're you're you're, you're sad like insufficient human brain can't imagine the the full implication of that actually yeah. in the game. It seems like oh that's okay yeah. like. Donut Tagines, yeah. he seems okay, right? He's a neutral Two resource. Influence. Yeah, he's 
he's too he's a neutral to influence like the source but the source is like oh my god the store the source stops fast advance yeah. and like scoring down unadvanced cards the next turn or whatever it's like donut he's like he costs three to install <laughs> and he makes every operation and every runner event cost one more credit to play that can't be that good and then you put him down in an actual game if the corporation is playing anything that resembles operation economy you're like Donut is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Donut is amazing. The and only thing I want to do is go play backgammon in the park with Donut. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I also think um when 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 pop up window was first yeah. released, people were like, "This isn't a good card." Yeah. Like this doesn't make any sense. Why would this card be printed? And all of a sudden, in play, it's astounding. Yeah. It's just. Didn't I see you drafted like six of those? No, no, no. I I, I drafted uh, two of them. Oh, okay. So I just drafted two of them, but they they they. They did their job. They did yeah. their job for sure. Yeah, you can sensei a pop up, and it's pretty awesome. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 great seeing the cards. Like, it's cool because you can't talk about the game in a vacuum. Yeah. the game is so not in a vacuum. It's yeah. not like a, a, a like a symmetrical game. Mm-hmm. It's it's there's so many elements involved that are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, that's why it's uh, a good game. I guess. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, sweet. Well, I think that's I think it's about good for this one. Yep. Uh, Any anything coming up? Anything important coming up? I guess I guess we'll not particularly probably hit regionals. Yep, we will hit the regionals in Seattle. Um, that will probably line up, I imagine, with the release of what's the first Lunar Cycle Data Pack? Upstock. 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 It'll probably coincide with Upstock, so that will probably be our next cast. We'll see. We'll see. Unless Um, something else happens before then. When something else fancy, who knows? Who knows? Um, We're full of surprises. Always. So that's nothing but surprises is what we have. That's good to remember. <laughs> sure. And prior to listening, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as always, uh, if folks have any questions, thoughts, comments, whatever, you can just email us at terminal7 at idlethumbs.net. Um, we're also on Twitter at term7. You can ask us questions there. Obviously, we post when the new episodes come out, etc., etc. Um, and if, if you haven't, uh, one thing that would be fantastic is if you rate and or review the show on iTunes. I know like every goddamn podcast in the world says this, <laughs> but unfortunately this is how Apple uses a bunch of like search discoverability information. And the more positive ratings a show has relative to your geographic location. So dear reader, if you happen to live somewhere weird, not weird, but somewhere less populous, like say, I'm sure this is not weird at all, but somewhere <laughs> less populous like Finland or Estonia or Paraguay or something. You have an iTunes store customized just for your nation and your ratings and reviews are not shared with anybody else in the world. So especially you folks who live afield, um, the more ratings you give, the more discoverable this cast is for other people who care about it, which is great. Cool. Um, and thank you very much to our recording engineer this week, Mr. Kevin Regami. Kevin Regami, third of, time's the charm. Always of Power Up Audio, um, making great audio for many things. You can find them on the internet. Yeah, powerupaudio.com. Boom. Um, and, of course, our normal recording engineer, Matt Martinson, uh, was busy tonight, I believe, hanging out with his new cat. New cat? New cat. Wow. Matt, he's... Another <laughs> Cats are what Matt craves. Well, I think uh, 16's a crowd. 15, no, <laughs> 16's <laughs> a crowd. 17's a proper That's party. That's the one. He's, he's actually only have, he has two cats now. I'm I not. So. He's not, he's not. But he did just release his um, May EP. That's right. For his Matt's m- Matt's music. brand of yeah. dark, ambient. Weird music. I believe this is the one that he actually used uh, a sound package that was very dark and industrial. And he made oh, it. Oh, really? A, and he actually made it a challenge to only use that. 
Nice. To create it. So yeah. if you want to nail that, that, that would be where, where it's at Matt Esk, M A T T E S Q U E dot bandcamp dot com. Right. Um, and as always, thank you very much to Mr. Ed Harrison for letting us use his track Tin Soldiers from the Neo Tokyo soundtrack as our intro and outro music. Um, you can find that, and you totally should. It's great. at Ed Harrison dot bandcamp dot com. <laughs> Facing nails is perfect. Oh, delightful. Everyone. Delicious. There's a Turn this way. Advice, ad, advice to live by. Yeah, just quote me. Facing nails is perfect. Facing, facing nails is perfect. Kevin Regami. Kevin, Kevin <laughs> facing mm. nails is perfect. Quoted by Ke- Kevin Regami. <laughs> Quote of 2014. <laughs>